Dash podcast with Pastor Rick Hill, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Rawls, New Mexico. I'm Marie Manning. What an honor it is to have you join us today. Our goal at Living Your Dash is to better help you connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Let's join Rick and Sean with this week's podcast. Well, thanks again, Marie, for that excellent introduction. You always say the best things. All right, well, welcome back, everyone, to episode 88 of the Living Your Dash podcast, the podcast where we try our best to help you find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Now, we've been exploring that very goal by looking at the parables of Jesus and uncovering the kingdom secrets that Jesus means for us to enter into, live and be fruitful. So this last week, Rick gave the helm to our student ministries pastor, Chris Van Dyke, who is joining me today. Chris, welcome to the Living Your Dash podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm glad you could squeeze into our high-tech office here. So... (laughs) All right. If, now, if you haven't listened to Chris's message, you'll, you'll want to point your browser to rosselgrace.com forward slash kingdom secrets uh, or to get more information about this series or to listen to any of the other messages in this series. Chris. Yes. Excellent job on this interesting parable that Thank we you. normally don't read or, or hear messages right. on. So, I mean, are, were there any interesting discoveries for yourself as you prepared for this message or maybe revelations that disciples may ordinarily miss? Yeah, so admittedly, um, I, I, every every now and then when I'm reading through Scripture on my own and I come across an, a, an obscure passage or story or or phraseology, right, I, I'll go and, and research it. I've got a lot of commentaries, and I'll usually try to figure it out. I've never done that with this one. Huh. Um, and so when he starts talking about the children playing pipes and dirges and stuff like that, I, yeah. I had never studied that, and so... Uh, Rick handed me this passage and said, "You're on for this week." And I said, "Well, shoot! Now I got to study this yeah. and figure out what's going on." So um, that was it was an interesting find for me, um, and and now the passage is much more fascinating because I now I recognize Jesus is calling the Pharisees a bunch of little kids. Yeah, yeah. You know what? What, <laughs> what I find interesting is that that in this passage, Jesus doesn't outright say the kingdom of God is like you know? sure. Uh, like other passages, I mean, so why why is this a kingdom secrets parable, and and what purpose does it cause to fulfill? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't necessarily, um, yeah, he doesn't start the same way he does with parables, but at the end of the day, he is sharing kind of a a story with a principle that we need yeah. to live out, and and I believe it is it's a kingdom principle. Yeah, um, we see that as we're going through there. There is a there is a childlike faith, and then there is a childish way that mm. we can that we can live, and and so I think yeah I think Jesus is is using this very very short and quick story to highlight um, a kingdom point that we need to be living. I, I find it fascinating that we we um, and I think that all religions do this, and I, gosh I hate even even remotely placing. Uh, our our worship of the Lord Jesus Christ with next to all the other religions, but but religions seem to have a a bent towards if you're not doing it according to the rules, you're not playing right. Right. And uh, I love how this is this is pointing both barrels right at that attitude. Um, so Jesus is confronting the attitude of the Pharisees and the experts of the law. So. Who, who were they, and uh, are they the antagonists in this selection, or are they just misguided participants? Um, well, I guess the answer to that second question is 
Yes. <laughs> okay, both. They, right. they are the antagonist and misguided. I, so here's, here's uh, years ago I was studying the Pharisees and I found out a fascinating thing. Actually, I, I kind of feel bad for the Pharisees in many ways. Um, mm. So they were a sect of Jews during the Hellenization of the Jews when Greeks were trying to reform the world into Greece. Right. Um, and... And the Pharisees stepped up and said, no, we, we love our heritage. We want to stay true to our faith. We want to keep our scriptures in the original Hebrew, not Greek. Um, and they just they took a hard stance of we are going to remain true to what God has called us to. Yeah. Which I think in many ways is a very good thing. I don't think the Pharisees started out as a bad thing at all. They just didn't want their culture washed out and lost by yeah. the Greeks. Um, and so that's why I call them misguided. I think it just hundreds of years later, they had kind of become these very stodgy, nerdy bookworms that were just focused on so much minutia and detail yeah. that they missed the heart of the message. Um, now, so, so yes, they're misguided, but I think it's important for us to understand that is any one of us can be misguided. We can get so caught up on a, on a small detail or or the way that we read scripture um, that I think like the Pharisees, we can sometimes turn mean or hateful or angry towards those around us. And we can become just like the Pharisees were to Jesus and John, we can become antagonists in the story. Yeah. It's, it's like they didn't want to become victims of the culture. Right. Good for them. But then they became victimizers. Yeah. And that's a, which is interesting because that easily happens today. Yes. Uh, so if someone is, it's one thing to, and, and I can feel sorry for, and I can understand if someone has been, um, their um, their attitudes or their personality has been shaped by angry and violent people around them. Yeah. And so I feel bad for them. But then they also turn and they become an angry and violent person yeah. to other people. And I'm saying, no, that's on you. Yeah. And and I think that this is uh, this is perhaps where they, they turn. Yeah. yeah? Um, so... You know, uh, what is the lesson that you and I should take note of in their error? So I think that was that was kind of that was my my final point, the third point, which really was the oh, only we're point. The third point, okay. <laughs> it, it really was the only point I was trying to make in in the series. Ooh, but nice. Just, I, we we need to be humble. Uh, I, I think that's it. I think we just really really need to wear humility. I don't think we do it enough as a human race. I don't think we do it enough as Americans. I don't think we do it enough as a church. Yeah, yeah. We just need to wear humility. I think if we put on more humility. Um, well, let's circle back to that. Because, yes, yes I was, absolutely. Because, you know, as, as you were talking uh, um, and as, as I was thinking about this, this, this parable, I couldn't help but think, wow, there, there was a time when at least my first recollection of me uh, uh, really be, becoming like a Pharisee, because I, I remember in high school, I would, I would really be became um, a voracious uh, eater of God's word. Read it a lot, studied it, memorized it, uh, took notes everywhere I could uh, from people's sermons and messages, and and I was I was getting cocky at it. I remember one time being at, at a this tells you how long ago this was, but they were doing Bible quizzes, and I was. I was holding back. I mean, I was winning. I mean, I, I thought, I'm really good at this. And But what it did was that it gave me this attitude of, of 
of arrogance mm -hmm. that I was better than you because I knew where to find the scriptures and I knew what the Bible said. And it was it really, you know, so if you're, if you went to high school, if you're a great Temple of Jay and you're listening to this, so I'm sorry, I, I admit my arrogance. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, you, you made a point in your message to say, this, so I'm going to kind of turn things around. Anything else you want to say on that? No. Okay. You, you made a point in your message to say that, that, that if we are too critical, we can miss God's purpose for our lives. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay, so why, why are the religiously misguided so prone to being critical? I mean, isn't thinking critically about our beliefs a good idea? Well, absolutely. Um, and that was kind of, that, that was one of the points I made, right, was we need to be careful not critical. So, so certainly, right. we need to be be careful with what we're we're uh, believing and listening to. Um, we we need to make sure we're reading scripture correctly. I, I think, and here's where the humility comes in. What we need to recognize is that scripture is always inerrant. I am not, mm, mm. Uh, and and so so I I may have misread a passage or maybe. Maybe there's a passage that's trying to make multiple points, and I got one of them right, but then somebody else comes <laughs> in with with another point that's just as right, but yeah. just because it's different than mine doesn't mean they're wrong. Right. Um, and so, so we need we need to be careful. Certainly, we need to be careful. But I, I think that's where the religiously misguided, right? We we read something, we get one thing in our head, we think I'm right, we get all emotional about that, and then someone comes in with something slightly different, and and we attack. Yeah. Um, and that's that's why we tend to, that, that that's where we go wrong. That's where we, our criticism comes out. We end up being too critical. Do you, do you see that in other areas of culture? I mean, not not even with Christianity. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. I, I I think that's probably our our pride is a human issue. Uh huh. Uh huh. Not, not just a church issue. Yeah. Yeah. I. So your your point that that we can be childlike but not childish. I mean, I thought it was spot on. I mean, it, it, it seems to reveal the heart of discipleship. Um, and I, I think you said something to the effect that we sometimes pick our churches not on opportunities to serve, but amenities to please or amuse us. Um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, well, I think, I, I mean, I think that's exactly it. I think that's a great summary. Um, I, I think too often in, in the American church, we've got too many churches, right? There's one on every corner. It's like yeah. a Starbucks or a McDonald's. And, yeah. and, and so we do. We, we go around from church to church, and, and instead of asking questions of how can I join this body, how can I serve, how can I leave it better than I found it, we go asking questions like, do I like the worship? Do I like the sermons? Do I like the atmosphere? Do I like the lighting? Do I like the people? Do I like yeah. the coffee? Um, and, and, and we're constantly looking for something that amuses us. This reminded me of, of, um, uh, of a writer by the name of Alan Hirsch who said, you know, the, the problem that um, churches, and I think if he was directing his attention at, at American churches, the problem with churches is that sometimes they, they, they will uh, attract people based on... Um, on on their ideas as consumers, uh, Western people in particular, we are consumers. Mm -hmm. So we we are we're everything is tailored to our ability to consume, our ability to pay money or attention or time or what have you. Yeah. Uh, and and so when you build a church like that, 
uh, you're in trouble. He says, you can't build a church based on consumers. If you do that, you're going to be in trouble because Jesus always called people to a cross, not to, not to be consumers, but to serve. And um, I, I think that there's something to be learned about that. Um, so in our quest to be careful, uh, not critical, uh, what is the right way to critique a ministry? How do we avoid that, that uh, mistake of the Pharisee? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you gotta, you got to ask questions, um, right? First John 4, I think, was the, the passage that I read where it said, test the spirits. And so, yes, uh-huh. so, so yeah, you've got to be asking the question, are they preaching the gospel? And, yeah. and the true gospel, um, you know, not some washed out, uh, uh, you know, Jesus was a great person who became a God or something like that. But mm-hmm. like Jesus is the God of the universe. Uh, who died in our place, I mean, legitimately died, didn't just swoon on the cross, died in our place, paid the penalty for sin, walked out of the grave, beat death. Um, is it a church that is dedicated to uh, preaching this this gospel in such a way, I mean, that they are they are making disciples. People are coming to know Jesus, and then they are going back out and preaching Jesus, right? Yeah. I mean, is it is it a church that is fulfilling the great commandment and the great commission? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and if it is, I, then, then yeah, I don't think you can be critical of it. Um, now, that doesn't mean uh, sometimes there's a personality clash. Maybe you don't fit with the people, and that's yeah. fine. You don't leave with a critical attitude. You just recognize, eh, we're not a fit. Yeah. And so kindly you exit, you find another church where you do fit <laughs> yeah. without criticizing that church, right? Yeah. I think that's the problem is, is we find that one thing we don't like, uh, and then we leave, and, oh, that's a bad church, and they, and, 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 we grumble, yeah, and that's that's not no. If a church is preaching the gospel and making disciples, you applaud that church, yeah. Even if you're not going there, you applaud that church, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking uh, that in years past, or even even today, where there were there wasn't a, a, a huge amount of churches because there was just one church. There was just one church, and it's because every nobody wanted to join it unless you wanted to die because you were going to get persecuted. Uh, or you were um, maybe not die, but you'd lose uh, mm-hmm. social um, status, social status, yeah, yeah. Uh, economic power, Freedoms, yeah. Um, and so that's still happening today. Oh, yeah. You don't see people saying, you know, I don't, I don't like the people that are going here, uh, or I don't. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I don't, I don't like the carpet. I think that this music is so old. Um, you know, I. Oh my goodness, I, I cannot imagine. Um, so you said uh, that. Lowliness uh, is a modest opinion about one's rank, not disrespecting ability. So what does having a healthy respect of what we can and cannot do look like? Sure. So I think, again, this is where you have to clothe yourself with humility, um, but not ignore your strengths. So, so I think, first of all, if we're going to be humble, we have to be willing to listen to outside critiques and opinions. Right. Um, there was a years ago I was trying to lead we didn't we didn't have any kind of worship leader at, at my previous ministry with the youth and so I, I I knew how to pick at a guitar a little bit so I got up I led a song um, I thought it was good I, you know nothing nothing stellar I, I did it, it wasn't going to be uh, recorded and, and oh you were the next Chris Tom no 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 I understood this wasn't this wasn't great but I thought it was good I thought you know I led a I led a song the students were singing like worship happened and then a student came up afterwards and said 
We really need someone on the team who can sing in key. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, yeah, no. Our our human response is to be offended. To I, I want to be critical of him and go. Well, that was a terrible way of saying that. That's not helpful. That's you know, uh, uh, you ungrateful little brat. You know. Yeah. I mean, like, so, so that's where you know what. Sometimes, by the way, he's not at this church. Is he? <laughs> he is not. This is no, yeah, no, no. Like I said, my previous ministry. Right, so. Okay, right, right. And he's gosh, he's like twenty five now. That oh, was a, okay. that was a long time ago. He's uh, he's a well adjusted adult now. Okay. Um, he's grown. So, uh, so any, I guess all of that to say, sometimes we're gonna we're gonna try out for ministries, or we're gonna think, man, I really have this this strength or this niche or this passion. And sometimes the outside voices are going, man, I don't think that's it. Mm. Um, and we need to be able to wear humility. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said in, in my message, humility is not a self-deprecating, I'm no good at anything. Like if, if there's something you do and people come up and go, man, that was really good. Mm-hmm. I think you lean into that. You yeah. step up. You, you need to do more of that. And you need that. We as a church need that skill to shine. Yeah, because that's how you're going to best serve your church. Right. Um, so don't shy away from something if people are complimenting on it. Yeah. But don't keep pushing something if people are telling you you need to cease and desist. Right. Yeah. You need to find that balance. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and listen. I think that's fantastic. Uh, and how else are we supposed to learn how to serve if we don't keep trying? And Correct. So, um, um, which is why the attitude really is, uh, as, as you said, is so important. So. Be eager to uh, to receive criticism and say, "Okay, I guess I'm not supposed to do that." Yeah. Um, so praise God, that's something I, I know I'm not supposed to do, and I'll feel won't feel any guilt. Yeah, uh, not doing that. But if uh, yeah, if people recognize um, I can do this this other thing, um, but if I don't if I don't show up, right? Um, what's that phrase? You know, you miss a hundred percent of the balls you don't swing at. Yeah. Well, Chris, hey, thanks so much for, for being here today. Thank and, you for having me. Uh, great message. Again, folks, if you haven't listened to it, uh, you need to go to rosalgrace.com. Um, hey, Chris, I, I got an idea. Okay. You know, I'm always experimenting with stuff for this podcast, so would you do me a favor and read this next line, okay? Uh, okay. I guess. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> If you thought part one of this podcast was the bomb.com? Yeah. Sean, no, I really don't want to do this. No, 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 Chris. It's going to be great. You'll see. You'll see. Come, try it again. Try it again. Come on. Uh, all right. <clears throat> hey, if you thought part one of this podcast was the bomb.com, you're going to think this next section is really groovy. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Sean, I changed my mind. No, no, Can you no. edit that out? No, no, no. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Thanks, Chris. Well, back in the studio with me is our senior pastor, Rick Hale, and it's our time for Rick's Quote of the Week. So, Rick, what do you have for us? Well, today the quote is actually a little poem that I learned years ago. Really? A poem? Well, I love this poem, Sean, because it's about choices. Every day, every day without exception, every person has to make decisions. We have to make choices. Okay. And sometimes we don't think about 
the long-term ripple effect consequences of our decision. So mm -hmm. here, here is the quote for the day. There is a choice you have to make in everything you do, so keep in mind that in the end, the choice you make makes you. Ooh, good one. Nice, nice. I like that one. Okay. All right. So what else is going on here at Grace? This Sunday, Kingdom Secrets continues, and you're going to be shocked. Uh, you may be a little offended. I'm just warning what? you right now, Sean. Jesus tells a parable where the hero of the story is a scoundrel. No. That's all I'm telling you? Oh, my. Yeah, you know, that's the bait. you got to listen to the sermon. But okay. I'm telling you, the hero is a jerk. Uh, he, he could be locked up in prison for what he did, and yet Jesus finds something about this scoundrel that is worthy of imitating. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, I can't wait for this one. This we're, is we're also really excited. As you know, Sean, we're helping plant a Grace Church mm -hmm. in Bixby, Oklahoma. Uh, Pastor Lyndall Nolan and his wife, Patty, uh, on staff here, uh, Lyndall was on staff here at Grace for a number of years. Yes. And God led him back to his hometown to plant a church. Well, we made a commitment uh, for three years that we were going to support them and help them financially. Mm -hmm. And so this coming Sunday is going to be our annual Bixby Church offering. Fantastic. So we're encouraging people to really give sacrificially and generously. Because this is above and beyond our regular tithes and offerings. Right. And so it, it's going to call people to be sacrificial givers. So I want to encourage people to be a part of this great offering. Amen. All right. Well, Rick, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope that you've been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments and suggestions to info at roswellgrace.com. If you like what we're doing here at Living Your Dash, please hit the subscribe button, leave us a review on your platform, and share this with your friends. For more information about Grace Community Church, please point your browser to roswellgrace.com. Until next time, I'm Marie, and this is Living Your Dash.